It's, it's amazing what happens in a room that anticipates the arrival of the Most High. We saw that in the book of Acts as we journeyed through that. What happened with the early church of a room full of people expecting God to do amazing things. And it, it said the Spirit came like fire. That's the value of togetherness. You may have a seat. As we've been journeying through and we've answered the questions of what is church, one of those things as a, as a, as a value of our church is togetherness. We have five values. Worship is one of them. Family, testimony, service, togetherness. What does that mean? What does that look like at Forsyth Church, at Warehouse? We're blessed and we're lucky enough to have a pastor here on staff who you may or may not know, and you probably do because she's up front a lot, and she's awesome, and she's amazing. Her name is Pastor Julie, and I want to invite her up wherever she is. What you may not know and what we briefly talked about the last time we met was ending a series, starting a new one. And this new one is based on togetherness. What does it look like as a church? How do we move together? What does it look like to be in unity? Julie does a lot of things at our church. Um, one of those is uh, small groups, discipleship groups. Um, if you ever have talked to her, you know her passion just to serve others and to be there for others. Um, and we're just so blessed to have her. So she's going to be leading out this series. Um, you'll hear from other pastors before and after um, she speaks. But we really wanted her to champion this because it's something that she leads out at our church. And we want to move together with not only what happens in the sanctuary, but what also happens here. So we're going to go through this series in the summer. And I'm going to let Julie talk more about what this looks like. But before we start, Julie, I just want to have a prayer for you and, and for what, what we're going to do in, in this space and pray that God just lead through you and, and whatever he's put on your heart that, that you make it clear for us. So let me pray for you. Father God, Lord, I just want to pray for Pastor Julie as you've put a word on her heart. We've, blessed, we've been blessed to have her here and we're thankful for the ministry that you've done through her. So in these next few moments as we journey through what it looks like to be together, to be unified for the greater good as we saw in the early book of Acts. Lord, may you speak to us. May we, we learn more about you. And when we leave this place, that one thing be accomplished, that we fall more in love with who you are. Lord, we thank you. We leave these next few moments for your spirit to do what he does. In Christ's name we pray. Thanks, Pastor Juan. Appreciate you and Jessica. You guys are awesome. It's good to see all of you this morning. Uh, some of you, some of you kind of by faith, but I see your little silhouettes back there, and I'm really glad that you're here today. Welcome. Welcome to the first Saturday in June. That's kind of crazy. How many of you are feeling like, okay, summer is starting to kick off? Any students who are maybe high school that are maybe sliding into your summer? Are you enjoying it? Some, yes, you're like, okay, done with finals. Some of you are in summer session right now, and things are crazy. 
Some of you are full-blown working, and summer is a totally different meaning for us now. Although all that we know is that the humidity is slowly rising, and we are here, so God is good. It's good to see you this morning, and I'd like to do something today that might be a little bit different. Are you okay with moving around a little bit? We might need to turn the lights on. Can we turn the lights up a little bit? We're going to have an activity to get us thinking about this series You're going to need to move around. You might need to meet some people. So we may have to turn the lights up a bit for safety. I'm not sure. Maybe not. Maybe it's safe right now. I'll trust whoever's in the back. (laughs) But I want to invite all of you to stand up, if you would. Okay, cool. There you are. Awesome. I feel much better. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to describe what the kind of group you're going to form, and you're going to have some challenges, okay? So get ready, and if you came today and it's your very first day and you know no one and you're just trying to slide into the back, I'm sorry. We love you. (laughs) We're glad you're here. Extroverts are super excited. Introverts, just go find an extrovert friend. Just grab their hand and go along with them. You will be okay. (laughs) Okay. What we're going to do is when I say, not now, on the count of three, I'm going to invite everyone in this room to form a group of five. Now, this in this group of five, you have to have, now pay attention, listen, 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 listen. In your group, you have to have at least one person who is, don't ask, but five years older than you, you're pretty sure, and someone who is five years younger than you, okay? So somewhere in the group, there needs to be at least a 10-year age gap between everyone. There also needs to be someone in your group that you don't really know, So maybe someone in the group that not everyone knows, okay? So let me repeat one more time. In your group of five, are we we all together? Warehouse community? In your group of five, you need one person who is five years older, one person who is five years younger, so a 10-year gap, and one person you don't know. On the count of three, I'm going to invite you to find your groups, and the first group that can come up here and give me a high five wins. Are you ready? On your mark, get set, one, two, three, go. No, it has to be the whole group, five people. No, no, you have to all, you have to come with your group. You have to all come together at exactly the same time. I need to see all five of you. I see some coming, I see two, I need five. You're here? All right. Okay, let's give them a hand. All right, well done. If you can hear me, clap once. If you're ready to go, clap twice. Okay, would you like one more chance? How many of you are saying, hold on, they got up there too fast. Very good job, this group, by the way. Some of you are close. All right, we'll give you one more chance, and we're going to have some of you back up a little bit to make it fair. All right, this is going to need to be a new group, same characteristics, but a new group, and this time your challenge in the group of five is to come up and tell me as a group, what is your group's favorite song? And to prove it, every person in the group will need to say a phrase or a line from the song. So again, a new group, 
Five years older, five years younger, someone you don't know, come up and tell me your favorite song all together. One, two, three, go. Okay, all right, so we have a group. What is your song? All right, if you can hear me, clap once. If you're ready, clap twice. What's your song? Jesus okay, and then every person in the group needs to say a word or a line from the song to be sure I know it's your favorite. Okay. Jesus loves me, this I know. Yes, Jesus. This I know. <laughs> Jesus loved me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. For the Bible tells me so. Give him a hand. All right. With your group, go ahead and catch each other's names if you haven't yet, and then you can go ahead and have a seat. That was great. <laughs> All right. How many of you met someone new? I see a few hands. I should see more hands if we did this correctly. But, you know, okay. Okay, I see a few hands. <laughs> How many of you found this exercise easy? Okay. How many of you found it challenging? Okay. <laughs> what was challenging? What was more challenging? To come up with a high five or to come up with your favorite song? Favorite song, right? To all decide what's a song that we all like. How does this work? It's a difficult thing. And this is just a group of five. I come from a family of five. Anyone else family of five? Yeah. Good times, right? We love each other, but if we all have to decide where we're going or what restaurant we're going to eat or what we're going to do, different story, right? In the Bible, in John 17, that's where we're going to spend most of our time today. Jesus prays a prayer that I think, I think he would have laughed today. I think he would have had a lot of fun with this because I think it's hard for us sometimes. I think it's hard to all come up with your favorite song, and especially if the question is a lot deeper, right? How do you all come together, and especially someone older, someone younger, someone who's different from you? In John 17, I invite you, if you have your Bibles, to go ahead and open them up today. Maybe you have another device. Maybe you have a friend with a Bible. But we're actually going to be diving into this with the people around us, too. So you'll definitely want to have it up on your own, own device in some way or someone around you. John chapter 17. And I'm just going to pray one more time. Let's pray. Dear Father, God, you're such a good God. Thank you for being a God of laughter, Lord. Thank you for everyone in this room, the new people we just met. Jesus, your word is so powerful. Please speak. Let your spirit speak, God. We're listening. And help us hear your heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, are you in John 17? Okay. John 17 is a crazy chapter. In my Bible, the letters are red, which means what? 
means it's Jesus talking. Jesus is the star of the show. Jesus is all through John. And if we want to know when, when is this happening, what is going on in John 17, it's the end of a whole long, beautiful message that Jesus has been sharing with his disciples. And something big is about to happen in Jesus' life. Does anyone know? Maybe a child. What's about to happen to Jesus? Anyone? Try to look ahead. Yeah. Jesus is about to be sacrificed. In John chapter 18, we see that people come, they take Jesus away. He goes and he dies on the cross for our sins. So chapter 17 must be pretty important. Whatever is going on here is kind of like the last thing going on. And in John chapter 17, of all the things that Jesus could have done at that moment, he says this in verse 1. He looked toward heaven and he prayed. Jesus said, right now, the most important thing I need to do is I need to pray. And what follows is actually the longest recorded prayer of Jesus in Scripture. Jesus prayed a lot. He would pray all night. Before he chose his disciples, he prayed all night. He would go out. They'd had a really long day. He would go up on the mountainside and he would pray. Somehow that's how he found his energy. Sometimes I fall asleep praying, right? Jesus said, I need to stay up to pray. That's actually where I get my strength. And he starts praying, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. Dad, this is what we talked about. This is what we planned a long time ago. Here we are. Be glorified. And he begins to pray this incredible prayer. And he comes all the way down. And today we're going to focus on, in well, the first few verses, he continues there. And then he prays, starting in verse 6, Jesus prays for his disciples. And he prays and prays and prays for them. They needed some prayer. And then in verse chapter 20, verse 20, he continues. And this is what Jesus says. Follow along with me in your Bibles. My prayer, Jesus says, is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Three questions. Number one, who is Jesus praying for? Number two, what is he praying for? And number three, why is he praying this? Who is Jesus praying for? What is he praying for? And why? Turn to one or two people around you. Just gather around the word and see if you can discuss those. Who is Jesus praying for? What is he praying for? And why is he praying it?
All right. Any responses? I'll come down. And I'd like to hear from a group, who is Jesus praying for? Anyone brave? Who is Jesus praying for in this passage? I see a lot of people arranging their hair, and I think your hand is, is being raised. John 17, 20 through 21, who is Jesus praying for? Hint, it's close to the beginning. All right. Let's all smile at them so they don't feel nervous. All right, who is Jesus praying for? Okay, us, everyone around here, everyone around the world. He says, everyone who will believe in me through their message. Jesus is praying for us. Wow, what is Jesus praying for? Someone else, a different group. What is Jesus praying for? Yeah, right here. That we would be one just like him and the Father. Unity, that we would be one, and even more deeply, just like him and the Father are one. Awesome. And why is Jesus praying this prayer? Why, why is he asking this? Okay, I see a hand back here, and then I'm going to come back. We'll see. We're going to tag team together. Ooh, you've been volunteering. To live in harmony. Yes, very good, that we would live in harmony, 100%. And why does he want us to live in harmony? Are you interested? Well, that the world would know that you're his disciple. Yeah. That the world would know what? That, that Jesus was sent by God and anything else? We'll come to it. We'll come to it. So three things. I don't know if I'm going to go back up now. Can you see me better? Is it better if I go back up? Uh, okay, <laughs> but I might need my table. Okay, so Jesus prays three things. Okay, I'm going to go back up. Number one, that we would know. Oh, she's going to help me. We're good, we're good. My prayer, he says, is not for them alone. My prayer is for those who will believe in me through their message. So number one, the powerful thing for us to know today is that Jesus is praying for us. Jesus is praying for you. What kind of week did you have? What's going on in your life? Jesus is praying for you. That, he says, that they may be one, just Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Now, what does that mean? What does it really mean that we would be one just as Jesus and the Father are one? How did Jesus and the Father work? Were they the same person? No. Let's talk about what does oneness not mean? Oneness doesn't mean sameness. Jesus and the Father, they're not. Jesus came here on earth, right? Father was up in heaven, but they were completely working together. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. People would talk to him and they'd be like, oh, we're not sure. They weren't sure what God was like. Jesus said, I came to show you the Father because he and the Father had the same heart. They had the same purpose. So if you saw Jesus, Jesus said, you see the Father. We love you. That's why I came to this earth. That's what I want you to know. So he said, just as me and the Father work together, Jesus said, I can do nothing by myself. I only do what I see my Father doing. So Jesus and the Father worked together. 
How many of you hate group projects? A few hands. Yeah, yeah. Part of unity, Jesus says, me and the Father work together. Part of this means that we need each other, that we can't just do it alone. Jesus said, I can't do anything by myself, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us. So Jesus said, I want you to be in me and I want to be in you, that the world may believe that you, Father, have sent me. That's the way that people are going to know. He said, I gave them my glory that they can actually be one. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. This is crazy. In this world, Jesus said, I want everyone to know it's such a crazy divided place, right? It's hard to come together on anything. But if the world is actually going to see a group of people that can come together and say, we're together on this, then they'll know, wow, God's love is real. So how does this even work? How is this unity possible? Jesus said, may they be in us. And I think of another verse where Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me, and I will come to you and make my home with you. What does it mean to be one with Jesus, just like he is one with the Father? How do, how do we really are one with Jesus? How many of you ever played freeze tag as a kid growing up? Or how many of you still play freeze tag? Okay, once in a while, yeah, there's probably a few more hands. There's so many variations. Sometimes you had the, the kind that you would freeze. Sometimes you had the kind that you had to do some special action. Maybe some of you, if you did it on Saturday, you had to say a Bible verse in order to be unfrozen. How many of you ever played freeze tag where you had a home base? Anyone have that? And you said maybe you were on a sidewalk, like sidewalk tag. This square is home. And if you come here, what does that mean? I'm safe. You can't get me. Right? So they're all over here like, mm -hmm, and you're here like, mm -hmm, you can't get me. You remember this, right? You can't touch me. Maybe you had a little rule, like you could only stand there five seconds before you could go back and run around, maybe certain things like that. We had that. We'd have our sidewalk. But the whole time, when you're really far away, because you know you can't stay there the whole time, what are you trying to do? You're trying to get back to home base. You're trying to run back. And when you're there, it's your spot. And then, oh, I have to go. It's been five seconds. You're running around, and you're running, and you're thinking about everything else around you, and you're seeing all the other people in the game. But the whole time, oh, man, I got to get back to home base. It's like that in Jesus. How do we really be one with Jesus? How do we have our home with Jesus? Just like in freeze tag, when you're thinking about that base, where are our thoughts throughout the day? Where does my mind go back to? Yeah, something might come up. There might be a conversation. But what, am I, what do I go back in my mind? Who am I praying to in between everything? When I get back in the car, where does my mind go? Do I go back to home base, to Jesus? Or do I go to something else? This other thing I need to do, this relationship, school, work, life, whatever desires that I have. Jesus says, I want to make my home with you. I want to be one with you, just as I am one with the Father. He's my home base. Jesus said, all throughout my life and my ministry, everything that I do, I have these friends, I have these disciples, I have this work to do, I have all these things that I'm doing. 
But everywhere in Jesus' heart, he was back here with Father. And that's where he would go. Early in the morning, disciples are sleeping. They're exhausted. Jesus gets up. He goes. He climbs up on a mountain. He just finds his own space. Dad, how are we going to do this? This is crazy. I'm exhausted. Help me. And God did, right? The day goes by. Lots of things going on. They finally get done. The disciples are cranky. They want to eat food. They're eating. Jesus grabs like a quick bite. And they're out here like trying to get to the next place. Where's Jesus? Oh, he's up on that mountain. Home base. Father, today was such a day. Man, help my disciples right now. Help me know what to do. What do I do next? And then in Jesus' heart all throughout the day, Crazy things would happen. People would come up to him, Pharisees, different people with different opinions. They didn't like what he was saying. And all the time Jesus is talking to them, where is his heart? Back with God, back with the Father and the Holy Spirit, right there, all working together. When we look at these verses, this is going to be our focus for these next two months, Jesus' prayer. There's so many things that Jesus could have prayed right before he was going to be arrested, what would you have prayed for? Maybe for courage? He could have prayed for us to have boldness. He could have prayed that we would be super creative. He could have prayed anything, right, that we would have the financial blessings that we would need to spread the message. But what does Jesus pray for his church? The very last thing that he could have ever prayed for us. He prays that we would be one. Is this a need today? Is this a need in our world? Is it a need in our church? Is it a need in warehouse community? Is it a need in your heart? How is this possible? We all come together, we worship, we sing the same songs, right? We're together, are we? How many of us really feel connected? How many of us are connected to the mission, to service? How is this possible, Jesus? You prayed this prayer. He said, this is possible. How can this be? What's the key? I'm going to need three volunteers for our last little activity. And these need to be three people who are friends with each other. So I need three friends. So first three friends to come up. I see some hands. Come on up. Just the three of you. Come on up. Three friends. Okay, I think I see three. All right. All right, we have a couple. We have a couple different ones. Okay, this is good. All right. Okay, we can have three groups. So what are your names? You can turn around. Jessica. Jonathan. Joanna. Joanna. How are you guys friends? How did you meet each other? So, basically, how did you meet each other? Um, so, um, my sister and my brother, uh-huh. and, like, we're friends because, like, we really have a close bond. That is so nice. Can we clap right now? That is awesome. Wow. Because your family, because, okay, I love that. That is awesome. All right, you guys can have a seat. Thank you so much. All right, if you would introduce yourselves and let us know why you're friends. Why we're friends? Okay. 
My name is Siobhan. Okay, this is Stacy and this is Quincy. And funny story, they met at our wedding, but we are friends because we used to go to the same church. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so you guys are all friends. They too at your wedding. That's amazing. Okay, so you met each other at. Wow. All right, let me clarify, let me clarify. So my husband is in the back, and these two met at our wedding, but I knew Stacy at church. And I knew you two, different circles somewhere. Very awesome. All right, let's give them a hand. Okay, wonderful. So how many of you could relate? Maybe it wasn't a wedding, but you think about the friends in your life, are all of them people that you just met across the street at your work? Some of them, I'm friends with you because, well, I'm actually friends with you, right? And then you introduce me to this other person, like some, some people I'm seeing right here in the front row. You're saying, oh, yeah, the only reason I'm friends with Bob is because, well, I know Mary, and Mary introduced me to Bob. How many of you have a friend that you met through a mutual friend? Probably a lot, right? A lot, a lot. So here's the key. Jesus is meant to be our best friend. He says, I want to live in you, and I want you to live in me. In our church, we struggle with unity. Could it be that the reason we're struggling sometimes is because we don't have the same mutual friend, Jesus? Because if you know Jesus, and I know Jesus, then, oh, we have something to talk about. But if I don't really know Jesus, right, I might not have as much in common with you. So hard question today. How is your friend Jesus? Not your pastor's friend, not your parent's friend, not your friend's friend. How's your friend Jesus? How are you guys doing? How's your friendship with Jesus? Jesus said in John 15, 1 through 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. How's your connection with Jesus? As we start to go into this series, I invite us today as we pray this prayer to just start out today thinking about how's my oneness with God? How's my home base in my heart throughout the day, or maybe at some point during the day that I come back to with Jesus? How is your friendship with Jesus? Because the more that we get to know Jesus, the more that he lives in us, the more we come closer to each other. I want to pray together before we go. And what I'd like to do is every week in some way, shape, or form to pray John 17. But I'd like to give you two challenges. And the first one is, this week, to focus on your friendship with Jesus. I just got back from two classes up at Andrews, beautiful time, but our first week was biblical spirituality. How's your friendship with Jesus? Woo, I was challenged every single day. <laughs> Lord, how is that? How's my prayer life? Oh man, Jesus calling me to be more in prayer with him. Number one, focus on your friendship with Jesus. 
Number two, I want to invite us during these two months, what would happen in our church if we all prayed Jesus's prayer every day? Can you imagine? What if every single person in this room would pray John 17, 20 through 21 every day? What could God do in our church? How many of you would try that? At least sometime during this next week. If some of you are like me and sometimes you forget to pray, I'd like to give you a creative way to do that. John 17, 21. How many of you use 24-hour time? Maybe you're in the medical profession. Yeah. What if Warehouse Community at 17, 21 every day, we prayed John 17, 21? Do the math. What time would that actually be? 521. So if you're brave, if you take the challenge, pull out your phone and set a reminder for 521 every day to pray John 17, 21. I want to invite us to close by turning to someone beside us and to pray together John 17, 21, that Jesus would do this in our lives. Let's pray together. Turn to someone beside you and then we'll close all together up front. Jesus, we echo your prayer today. We want our hearts to unite with yours. Jesus, that all of us would be one, just as you and the Father were one, Lord, that the world would believe 